Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. As we pick up in Genesis 35:22, we're just going to read the last phrase because we already read the previous section, but it says, Now the sons of Jacob were twelve. It follows through the next few verses with the twelve sons of Jacob. It lists them all out. At the end, it says, now these were born unto him in Padanaram. All of them were born while he was away except Benjamin. We know Benjamin was just explained that he was born when his mother died there by Bethlehem. But all the rest were born while he was away. This helps us to understand ages and timing of things. As we go into the next section, we'll see how it helps. So, here in verse 27, it says, And Jacob came to Isaac his father unto Mamre, unto the city of Arba, which is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac sojourned. Again, Moses is writing this, so the name of the city before was Arba. It was also Kerjath Arba, but it changed to Hebron. The name changed to Hebron and Also, the idea of Mamre was all in that area as well. So people understood exactly where Moses is talking about. Now, when it says that Jacob came to Isaac, his father, I do not believe this is the first time since he's been back that he's come and seen his father. We're going to go through a time log right now to give you an idea of why I don't believe this is the first time. Also, we're going to look at a verse that helps to me solidify what I'm saying here. So we know Isaac was married when he was 40, right? Then Jacob was born when he was 60. Jacob leaves when Isaac is approximately 130. We get this by going backwards in time. And a lot of this we'll find out as we look in Joseph's life where we're giving age of him, the age of him, and it helps us to see this. So Jacob leaves when Isaac is about 130. That's approximate. Jacob returns to Canaan 20 years later. Remember, he worked seven years for Leah, works seven years for Rachel. He works six years for his hire. That adds up to 20. So Isaac's about, this is estimate, about 150 when he returns to Canaan. If we look at this next verse in Genesis 35, verse 28 says, And the days of Isaac were 104 score years. You're not familiar with the idea of four score. I always think of that phrase whenever I think of the Gettysburg Address. But four score means 80. So, He's 180 years old at this time. So I don't believe in the approximate 40 to 50 years that Jacob's been back in Canaan that he never came to see his father. I believe what this is saying when he says, and Jacob came unto his father Isaac, I believe he's moving from Edar, where this 
nasty occasion happened with his son and his concubine, Jacob's concubine. He's leaving that area and he's going to Isaac. I believe that he knows Isaac must be dying soon and he's actually going to live by him for a certain amount of time. So he actually uh, relocates. It's not that he just goes and visits his dad because he hears he, that he's dying. Th- that's what I believe happens here. Because he he we know he wanted to see his father and that was part of the reason why he came back from Padanaram. Genesis 31:18, which we read already, it says and he carried away all his cattle, this his is Jacob, and all his goods which he had gotten the cattle of his getting, which he had gotten in Padanaram, for to go to Isaac, his father, in the land of Canaan. He wanted to go back to see Isaac. So I believe he visited several times. I'm sure he went and checked on him, saw how he was doing, but he didn't live there. Explained, the Bible explains he lived in different areas. So his whole purpose coming back 40, 40 or 50 years before was to see his father Isaac, I believe that he did. So Isaac dies at this point here, and it says, and Isaac gave up the ghost and died and was gathered unto his people, being old and full of days, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. So he's very old. He outlived his dad. What's different about Isaac is his dad was very vibrant up until Uh, death as far as we can tell. His dad died at 175. He remarried after his wife passes away. He has several children. Isaac, on the other hand, way, way back. You think when Jacob left, which is approximately 70 years earlier than when he dies, when Jacob left, he can't see, Isaac cannot see, and he can't get up. He's sitting there. He's asking the boys to go get him things because he can't get up. So he's an invalid and he cannot see. Many people think he was very uh, uh, passive, quiet, reserved man. Remember how he was in the field meditating. He was very thoughtful type man. And so as he was an invalid, they believe he was very thoughtful there. He just was contemplative type guy. He wasn't a go getter, mover, shaker kind of guy. And that's just speculation. But my whole point is, he sat on that bed and was an invalid for a long time. And what did he do 50 years, or I'm sorry, no, 70 years prior? He made his will thinking he was going to die at 100. I'm sorry, it is 50 years. I'm I'm looking at my notes and all of a sudden, all the numbers were getting mixed up. So 50 years before he dies, He really thinks he's going to die, so he jumps ahead on God's plan. He knows that Jacob is supposed to be blessed. He knows Jacob's going to rule over Esau, but he's worried about this. And so he tells Esau, let's, let's take care of this issue 50 years early. So he, he jumps the gun and he makes some mistakes there. And we, I look at this as just trusting God. You don't know when you're going to die. You might think, surely I'm going to die. I'm, I'm sitting on my deathbed with all these problems or something like that. Or like you might think a parent is. Somebody doesn't die until God takes them home. That's when they die. Uh, I know of somebody that um, had a massive heart attack. And 
his wife was told, oh, he's brain dead and and he's not going to live. You don't need to give him care or anything like that because he's just an invalid. He's not even here. They kept saying he's not even here in this room. And the wife didn't have peace about that. She wanted to care for him as as much as she could. She did. And it wasn't but maybe a month or six weeks later that he turned actually first for the worst. It seemed like, wow, he is really passing away. This is not good. But then he turned again. It was about this time of the year that he turned completely 180. And he's alive today. And this was, uh, I think, eight years ago that this happened. So we, we can't think, oh, this person for sure is dying. That's in God's hands. And so Isaac obviously thought he needed to get this will taken care of because I'm dying. And yet he had 50 more years. Wow, that's crazy. So back to Jacob, he comes from Idar, which is about 20 miles away. He comes and he's living with his brother. Then Esau comes, it says here, and his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. I have a couple points on that. One is Esau is there. And my point here is, it's important to go to somebody's funeral. There is only one funeral for somebody. And to honor their life, it's important to be there. And I know firsthand of children who will not go to their parents' funeral. It's sad. Or one's not gonna go to their brothers because you know they're angry. We need to honor our parents. The Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. And if we don't show up for their funeral because we're angry about something, we, we're a bitter person. I believe Esau was long past the bitterness. We, we talked about that in an earlier episode where they got the air cleared and he was wronged by Jacob, but they were able to move on from that. But I do know it does happen that people get bitter again, especially once somebody dies. We're going to see this with Jacob later when he dies. The brothers think, oh, no, everything's going to be different now. Well, when somebody dies, we have to set aside those differences, and we need to be there for a funeral, especially our parents. Our parents give themselves for us. If we're angry at a sibling or somebody's going to be there, we need to set that aside. That's just our pride that says, we don't want to be a part of that, and, and I'm just going to go my own way, and I don't have to be there. My parents, I heard one say, my parents know I was there for them when they lived. Well, if you aren't there for them when they die, it says a lot. It says something was wrong. So as, as much as in you, what much as is within you to do so, be at your parents' funeral. I know sometimes it's impossible. I talked to a lady recently who uh, they she works as a missionary in the jungles, jungle, jungle, jungles. It's very, very hard for her to get out. And her parents told her, if we if one of us dies while you're gone, you do not need to come racing here. We know you can honor us in your death there serving God. So I understand that aspect that can happen. But, you know, it's funny as the daughter said, I, I I don't think I could stay away. I need to be there for my parents to honor them. We know our the parents, if they're saved, just like Isaac here, he was a saved man. He's listed in the Hall of Faith, and yet he was very full of faith. So we know they're with God. But at the same time, 
when we are there, we show them dishonor. We say something is wrong. So I'm going to move on from there. But I, I did want to um, make that a point that that's very important and that Esau and Jacob did it together is a wonderful thing. So we move into chapter 36. We're going to just gloss over this chapter. Not that it's not important. Every word of God is important. But there's a lot of names, a lot of details that is just given for a whole one purpose. And I'm going to explain that person per, purpose. So the first verse starts with now these are the generations of Esau, who is Edom. So why is this in here? Why, why do we care about Esau? Because God had made a promise to Abraham that there would be many nations come from him. We know the nation of Israel. We know the Ishmaelites. Here we have Edom. Who is Edom? This is another nation. And so it's showing that uh, another nation came from Abraham as a promise of God. And Esau was a, uh, a descendant of Abraham and Isaac. We're also going to see there's a couple other uh, interesting names listed in here we're going to see that the midianites came from esau we're going to see also that we believe that the amalekites who are very very wicked people they came from esau so many nations here it's listing them out so esau's descendants grew much faster than jacob's i'm sorry than isaac isaac only had two jacob and esau then jacob had 12 and Esau had children as well but his multiplied quicker we be, we believe but it didn't last as long okay so it it's it's like the Ishmaelites you know they they were a nation but it wasn't a nation like the children of Israel that are still around today so as we go through this we'll pick out some interesting facts. So it talks about Esau taking wives of the daughter of Cana, Canaan, and we know that that was way back. So this is going way back in time. Isaac has passed away. We're talking about something that happened a long, long, long time before. Uh, so he takes daughter, um, he takes daughters of Elon the Hittite and the daughter of Ana and the Hivite. Remember, he took all those. And then his parents are upset because he took Canaanite wives. So he then takes Ishmael's daughter and explains different aspects of um, his descendants. It goes back then and it says, and Esau, this is in verse six, Esau took his wives and his sons and his daughter and all the persons of his house and, cat, and his cattle and all his beasts and all his substance, which he had gotten in the land of Canaan and went in the country from the face of his brother Jacob. This is not because there's a problem because it explains in verse seven, for their riches were more than that they might dwell together and the land wherein they were strangers could not bear them because of their cattle. So this is a similar situation between Lot and Abraham. They just have so much, they have so many uh, cows and sheep and goats and camels that the land can't bear them, bear them, remember, as they're strangers. So they don't own all of this land. So they're having to go in between uh, cities and areas that are not being used, and there's plenty of room. There was plenty of space. So they're having to go around, and they're having to 
live in this land. I'm going to have to pause and we'll pick up here next time because I'm getting a little long. Heavenly Father, I pray if there's anybody here bitter against their parents that they would make it right. And I pray that we can live as women who are free from bitterness and we can honor our parents like we should. Help us and bless us today in everything we do and say. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord with Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.